2: the college football experience, Hawaii rainbow warriors, 2023 season preview episode on the sports gambling podcast networks brought to you by circus sports. Yes, yeah, Circa sports is back with their circus survivor and circa millions contest. $14 million are up for grabs. Whew. Get all the details at circusports.com. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Hey, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circus Las Vegas.
0: You're listening to FGPN. Let it ride.
2: Yes, yes, yes. football experience Hawaii Rainbow Warriors 2023 season preview I'm super excited to talk Rainbow Warrior football and and perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to well my name is Kobe Swinger database dad aka Pick Don D that's not a pick this is a pick He was raised in the land
0: down under where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits.
1: When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much
2: and not sleeping. Uh, would have killed a normal man, but uh, now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was, was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Um. It's like Todd Graham's era. Pretend it never happened get along with your life. <laughs> All right. That's what the rainbow warrior fans are saying out there. You know, I love the school. I, I, I think, you know, the youth doesn't understand that. Uh, well, I got a lot to talk about. Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you first. I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back. The burrito eating sideline kiss stealing. Wheeling and dealing. Patty C in the place to be. Hi. Let's get it going. Let's get it. Go. I love this program. I love this program. I love the uniforms. They cannot fail at their uniform. They do a dang good job. You go back that. and watch the film in the eighties. Amazing. unifier. fire. You go back and watch it in the nineties. June Jones era fire. 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 And now with the islands on the helmet fire. Ah, oh, it's just, just fantastic. And also we are joined by third man in the booth. If you've been listening to our previews, all 133, which we are doing, uh, you've heard him on, on every episode talking about his stadium experiences because, well, I mean, in my opinion, he's a college football must follow and just an absolute fucking legend because he goes to every single college football game. I think ever. I haven't looked into it yet. If you go back in 1920 in that Cumberland Georgia Tech game, he might have been there. Uh, I I give you one Michael Barker, aka College Football Campus Tour at CFB Campus Tour on Twitter. Which, like I said, the guy goes to every single game ever, and he documents it all on his page. It's a must-follow for any college football fan. How you doing, Michael? And thanks for hopping on the
1: show. I'm doing great. Appreciate the intro. Two things: one, I'm like that. John three sixteen guy with the rainbow wig from the seventies at every game. So uh, I might've been at every game ever. And then the second thing, part of our handshake agreement to do all the previews for 133 stadiums was me getting to appear for the Hawaii episode. So I'm happy to be
2: here 100%. And, and uh, I'm going to ask that story. That's that story of how you became a a involved with Hawaii, but I want to talk about, I want to crowbar in the fact that for me and, and people don't realize The youth doesn't realize that we used to have to listen to college football games on the radio and and growing up in DC, you would get the regional games. So you wouldn't get anything West of like, you know, the Mississippi really. So You'd be, you know, checking out the radio networks for the scores, stuff like that. And then in the in the in the mid '90s, when
0: TV came out and stuff, we're talking about the 1990s, not the 1890s, but it was yeah. about yeah. the <laughs> same experience there.
2: I've actually listened to games on the radio <laughs> like it was 1940. But um, uh, so for some reason, they did a deal. Hawaii was on Fox Sports Late Night in like nine, starting in like '95. I feel like when TV came out. So me and my brothers got to watch Hawaii, specifically Hawaii every single week. And it made us a fan instantly. My, my NC Knicks, not on this episode, but he has a Timmy Chang Jersey from back in his playing days. But we started watching them and diving into them and watching, you know, just all, it was, all, it was like, it was like something out of a dream. It was <laughs> like, they like uh, you wait all day and it's like, wait, this thing comes on at midnight and it just didn't seem, it just seemed so cool like from the uniforms to the to the culture that they would d- you know do with the dance and the pregame ritual and everything it just seemed like some fantasy like we're watching like I don't know, it just seemed like
0: by far like the one of the coolest college football experiences. Well, they do for- the 11:59 uh, kick Eastern time, right? Cause yeah. it has to be on a Saturday. Yeah. So they wait till the last second possible it's, to play the ball. And
2: it, it was just so fantastic. So 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 Michael, I'm
0: curious.
2: Uh a, a, Hawaii it seems like the team that you root for. So how did how did that how did that come to
1: fruition? Well, I have the same experience as you. Uh, you know, I grew up in San Diego. Um San Diego State Territory, WAC Conference, uh, watching the late night games either in Jack Murphy Stadium or Hawaii playing the late one on Oahu, uh, growing up with Timmy Chang setting all these NCAA records. And it, it did seem like a faraway place, some magical land. And, you know, for us people who live on the mainland, you hear somebody talk about a fantasy vacation, they always talk about Hawaii. So, uh, you know, being a sports fan, you're thinking about, where's where can I combine Uh, a tropical vacation or experience in football. And that was the place. And, you know, Aloha Stadium, just the way it looked, obviously hosted the Pro Bowl every year, just fervor, 50,000 people. Uh, It looked like an incredible experience. They got huge wins, rivalries with BYU. And I wanted to experience that myself. And so part of my traveling, when I started doing it, I made a rule I was going to go to Hawaii each year. Uh, I visited Hawaii. I went to games in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Uh, one of the last games at Aloha Stadium, and uh, you know we can get farther into it. But most recently, I've been to Hawaii nine times in the last 24 months for a lot of experiences, <laughs> and, and uh, you know I'm very thankful for those.
2: Yeah, and, and even even this show and, and our network SGPN, I was thinking about this. I think we have the most connection to Hawaii. Uh, even though we haven't been there, <laughs> I mean, I know some of the other guys have been there. But I'm saying we've had June Jones on the show multiple times. We've had Jerry Glanville on the show. We've had Nick Rolovich on the show. So you have a lot of we have a lot of Hawaiian uh, or, or ho- former Hawaii guys uh, that have been on the show. And and obviously Timmy Chang played under some of those guys. So uh, and coached with some of those guys. And I, I'm just uh, excited
0: Hawaiian ties. And
2: you've baby. been lobbying forever that they should be in the pac 12. Of course, there's no team that's more
0: Pacific than Hawaii. They're in the middle of the Pacific ocean, right? Yeah. Put them in the pac 12 and look, that is a a state that has a lot of talent there. And I'll give them that kind of edge where they, they, they don't have to leave the, 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 the state. They don't have to leave the islands to play big boy football. Yeah. Boom. All of a sudden you got a powerhouse.
2: Yeah. They, 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 they do have great Players that have come at it, we've seen them go elsewhere. You know, whether it's is isn't uh, Palomalu from Hawaii? Is that am I am I wrong there? Uh, I'm Chris not sure. Naoli is an offensive lineman that I remember from Colorado. I do believe oh, he's they from Hawaii. Out. Yeah. I want to say Tua, right.
0: obviously. They're like in terms of uh, per capita talent, like tenth tenth most uh, in a study I just saw from twenty nineteen. And I am surprised it's not higher. I think if you take into account the uh, like Samoan Islands too, I think it's probably even higher than that. Yeah,
2: they they got just unbelievable football down there. And uh, you know, I, this, this is a program that, you know, I get it. Like they're coming off a tough year, Timmy Chang year one, but overall, like historically you go back to uh, what's great about YouTube is you can go back and watch some of these old games when they had Dick Tomey and Paul Johnson was running the offense and, and all the way to the June Jones era uh, and then the Rolovich era. And it just, it, it, they've had great. Winning seasons like they've, they've been a very good program for for a team that's way over there on the yeah. island where their closest, you know, rival is what?
0: Sandy, you said San Diego State. Uh, who's their most played? I want to say that's one of the most. Uh, it's I believe it's Fresno, San Jose State, and San Diego State, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere but, in that but order. They,
2: they, You're at a little bit of a disadvantage being so far away, and here they are. With great cult, great history, and by the way, should I'll add in two national championships, Patty C. And look, anyone at Hawaii, anyone at at the University of Hawaii, feel free to contact me. I will. We are a publication over here at SGPN. We will deem you national champions because. <laughs> You know, you go through the history of college football. You see some very questionable national championships by uh, the Waterloo, Iowa uh, Register or something like that. So, look, I look back. I see that I see a, a, a 1925 season, 10 and 0. I don't know who they played. I'd be very curious to see who they played, but 10 and 0, uh, and also a 4 and 0 season, and in, uh, in, in, in 1919. So, I will deem you two-time national champion. Uh, but in general. Um, um hit us up and, and we will, f- you know, this program has great success. Uh, so I don't know. Anyway, let's get, let's get to this thing because we're going to break down the offense. We're going to break down the defense. We're going to break down the transfer portal and special teams. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the college football experience, Hawaii rainbow warriors, 2023 season preview, is brought to you by circus sports Circus millions and circus survivor are back. Yes. And $14 million in guaranteed prizes is up for grabs. The Circus Millions, folks. If you haven't done this, you pick five NFL picks each week. ATS, it's a contest. You win, fi- you you'll win. Like I said, fourteen million dollars up in prizes. Also, Circus Survivor. Just pick a different uh, money line winner each and every week. You can enter in Las Vegas, but you can play from anywhere. Uh, and the Sports Gambling Podcast, the SGPN crew will be out there the last weekend in August. So if you're out there, please hit us up, uh, CircusSports.com for all the details. Once again, CircusSports.com. Uh, Patty, see what would you do with fourteen million dollars?
0: Uh, I'd try and uh, hang out with uh, college campus tour over here and uh, yeah. take some trips yeah. to Hawaii. That, Let's, to do, it.
1: Let's yeah. do it. we can we can do it with a lot less than fourteen mil, but that will go a long way. We can uh, there it. we go. There we go. So,
2: folks, make sure you check out uh, once again circusports.com for all the details.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice
2: All right, we are back on the college football experience and Hawaii Rainbow Warriors 2023 preview. It wouldn't be the preview without without our song, Patty See, without without
0: this banger. Play it, baby. It's a hard ticket to Hawaii. Not for Michael Barker. Seems to get Not out there quite often. There nice the
2: for, for the other teams going to play. Yeah. It's a hard <laughs> to it is a hard ticket to Hawaii and it was for Todd Graham, but you know, thankfully that era is over. Timmy Chang year one, Patty C uh, obviously not the, we kind of knew he was walking into a tough scenario. He, he was a late hire because yeah. of the, the Graham situation. And you know, uh, there was just a, it was just a crazy, like, it seemed like a, there was like a mutiny. I feel like the whole team left. And uh, so we knew he was walking into a tough scenario, three and 10 in year one. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I expected them to be bad knowing all that stuff happened to me. What I saw though, throughout the season was a ton of growth. You know, the first month, it seemed like they were getting destroyed by anyone in the FBS. Yes. They beat Duquesne, but I mean, you look at 53 point loss to Vanderbilt, a 32 point loss to Western Kentucky. uh, I think a 19 point loss to, to New Mexico state, but then they got that bye week on Saturday, October 1st. And then after that, they seem to really kind of turn into a different team. Yes, they still got blown out by by Fresno, but Fresno won the Mountain West. What, what'd you make of the, uh, t- Timmy Chang in year one?
0: Uh, exactly what you're pointing out. Uh, much more, uh, I guess, competitive on the back end of that schedule.
2: It, it exceeded my expectations for year one. I know that sounds crazy when you say, well, they're three and 10. Michael, what'd you think of uh, year one of the Timmy Chang era?
1: So I think to properly understand the challenge of year one for Timmy Chang, you got to go back a couple years. And if you look at the end of 2019, uh, you had Hawaii go eight and five. They played in the Mountain West championship against Boise. Uh, Nick Rolovich was Mountain West coach of the year. uh, And they ended up beating BYU in the Hawaii bowl. And I don't know if any program was hit harder with cope by COVID than Hawaii, because after that, we all know Rolovich, Went to Washington State. They condemned Aloha Stadium. Uh, Todd Graham takes over, who did not blend with the Hawaii program for many reasons. Uh, their all time winning quarterback uh, legend, Colt, McC- uh, Colt Brennan, passed away. Uh, they were scheduled to play in the 2021 Hawaii Bowl, and they canceled it 15 hours before the game. And when they were looking for a new coach after a player mutiny, you talked about including star local boy quarterback, Shevin Cordero transferring to San Jose state Uh, the AD at the time, David Matlin passed on June Jones, who a lot of people wanted and took a chance on Timmy Chang, a guy who was never a coordinator in college. So you get them now fast forward to 2022, 2023. They have a new AD uh, Greg Angelos, who was responsible for building uh, the FAU, beautiful, one of the best G5 stadiums out there. They're also expanding their current stadium to 17,000 seats. They're doing great with local recruits. And the new Aloha Stadium is scheduled to be built in 2028. So when you look at all the things that happen and where they're laying at now, it's actually great progress. And I was at the opener when they played Vanderbilt. They got up 7-0, and then it was 60 straight points. Uh, to see that and then watch how they finished out the year on the second half, improvements on defense, Shager became a much co- more uh, consistent passer, and they got the running game going. So all those things being said, but I think really should, people should, I don't want to use the, necessarily use the word appreciate, but take into consideration how hard they were hit in the uphill battle that Timmy Chang had in year one.
2: One hundred percent, and to see that he was still like I, I like I said, I, I, I knew it was going to be a tough year, and I'm rooting for Timmy Chang. Like I said, we we got to watch him back in the day, and and I, there's if you had told me, give me one coach you want to see win, you know, like I want it to be Timmy Chang in Hawaii. I want this program to be back on the map where it should
0: be. Um, and we're we're a huge. Um and I'm drawing blank on his name. Um, June Jones. June Jones fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, we wanted to see him succeed. But Timmy Chang is just like okay, that, that's a super likable guy too. And so it's like okay. And, and then you got you well, know he's th- one of their own too. He's one of their. I, I you always want to yeah, see that yeah. like especially on the islands. Um, so even though we were disappointed, we thought you know June Jones would be a great fit. We knew it was going to be a harder row road to hoe with um, with Timmy <laughs> Chang. But they did improve in the second half of the year and. The long term potential is there with Chang. Some, some, it might have been the right move.
2: And I'll be honest, we wanted June Jones so we could hit him up and say, Hey, can we come to a game? <laughs> right. So, I mean, you got, you got a little bit of that going on. Ulterior uh, <laughs> motives here. Yeah, I man. I mean, they almost beat San Diego State at the snapper on October 8th. They end up losing by two. Just so the folks out there, they beat Nevada, they beat UNLV close loss to San Diego state, close loss to Colorado state, close loss to Wyoming, close loss to Utah state. So the, you know, they really progressed as the season went along. You and know,
0: it seems like, uh, in that Bobby Bowden, uh, you know, uh, a, a list of steps to build a program. They took steps one and two last in year, in year one, lose big, yeah. lose small. Hopefully next this year is win small. And maybe even by the end of the year, win big.
2: There we go. Let's get into it, buddy. Cause uh, so breaking it down, 2023 college football. We, we can't do a preview five years ago when we were doing this six years ago, when we were doing this. We, we could kind of brush over the transfer portal. <laughs> you, you can't can't do that these days. So uh, uh, let, let's hop into it as far as what they lost, what they gained in the portal. Um, well, they lost quarterback, Cam Cooper, who was a wazoo transfer just from a few years ago, he goes to the Southeastern lions uh, also lost offensive lineman, Nate Adams to Stephen F Austin. And then just a, a couple other guys that are currently in the portal. They haven't found a destination yet. Quarter or cornerback uh, Trayvon killing safety, tie marsh kicker, Kyle Halverson and kick uh, safety tiger Peterson. They didn't lose that much when you consider, uh, you know, Cooper ended up being a backup. I know he played some, but uh then Incoming, they brought in defensive lineman Josh Jerome from Eastern Washington, wide receiver Steven McBride from the Kansas Jayhawks, offensive lineman Joshua Adkins from the Houston Cougars, linebacker Patrick uh, Histake uh from Cal, the Cal Golden Bears, defensive lineman oh man, K O Peopa from Washington, defensive end Elijah Robinson from ECU that's the one spot I'm okay with. There you, you know, go. when the ECU guys leave, I'm like, oh, you want to go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii. Cornerback Cameron stone from Wyoming and athlete Oki Salavea from Colorado, Patty C. I would say they won the portal just by how many power five guys that, that, that even if they don't start, it's going to add depth. What'd you make of the portal there?
0: I mean, yeah, not, not a ton of guys that I'm super familiar with if I'm being honest, but but they didn't lose anybody to a P five. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, the list of outgoing players is 10 times shorter than most of the uh, teams we've been previewing. So uh, continuity for Hawaii at this point is huge. So that sounds like a win.
2: Yeah. Michael, what'd you think? Just, just off of me rattling that off. I know we, you know, we probably don't have tape on all those guys, but uh, you think they won? I would say they won the portal. What, What about you?
1: Yeah, especially compared to 2021. You know, part of the reason that Timmy Chang was hired to begin with was uh, nobody could have corrected the on field stuff, but what he could do as the figurehead of the program, uh, keeping the local players there, and then also attracting transfers who maybe initially from high school left Hawaii to go to the mainland and now want to come back and have pride for uh, Hawaii. You know, as people know, Hawaii doesn't have any other professional sports, it's just Hawaii football. So, big time backing but to be able to keep those guys local and have hope um it, it's something that that Timmy Chang has obviously has his hands all over
2: yeah yeah i think they won that thing and i think good things are coming and i also think there's an advantage to having a coach that's a former player to know that he's been there yeah you know so i mean uh, i and and obviously the huge gap from Todd Graham who seemed like he was unwanted to a guy that is one of their
0: own I dig it. And I hope it works out. Let's get, what's that Ty Graham, just from a, uh, an optic standpoint is just the, the, the flat top, you know, it's the last thing on the whole the the Hawaiian islands. He
2: was mad that, that what they didn't have Dr. Pepper. It was <laughs> like a drunk man at Taco Bell. He's like, oh yeah, know what do you mean you don't have Dr. Pepper? You know what I mean? Like by, by uh, the yeah. way,
0: Michael bark. you told us a little episode or a little uh story pre pre episode about uh Dr. Pepper uh, being a thing and you almost bought yourself a Dr. Pepper jersey, or is that your Dr. Pepper jersey?
1: So this is uh Hawaii Rainbow's retro basketball jersey, but just to back up that whole uh, the Dr. Pepper story, so Todd Graham Uh, called Hawaii a third world country because there was no Dr. Pepper in the vending (laughs) machines there. He also did not like scam. He didn't like the sound of the ukulele. I mean, Mm. everything you could do to scratch a chalkboard in class and be the opposite of everyone. That's what this guy did. Uh, It took Chevin Cordero transferring and like uh, Colby said er earlier, a player mutiny to do it. But What I there's a high school all-star game every year. It's called the Polynesian Bowl. It's played in January. It attracts some of the top talent in the country. Two years ago, Travis Hunter played there, who uh, went to Jackson State and now followed Dion to Colorado. And so I ordered a Dr Pepper um, Hawaiian shirt, and I was going (laughs) to wear it to the game. They ended up hiring Timmy Chang, and uh, I think we all flushed our mind of Todd Graham, but. I had that shirt. I was ready to go. And if I could have trolled Todd Graham in person, I mean, I'm <laughs> six foot
2: three. He wouldn't have done anything. It a lot. <laughs> oh man. What, what an asshole, what an asshole to come asshole. into. I mean, <laughs> it just reminds me, reminds me one time I was at, uh, one time I was at uh, the, the fine establishment known as Chipotle and, uh, and uh, someone was mad that they didn't have Jack that, you know, you can get like a cocktail sort of at, yeah. at, uh, you can get like a beer or like a margarita. I think yeah. it's like a pre-made margarita. Yeah. Some dude was like hammered at a Chipotle, and he kept yelling, "Hey, that's Jack Daniels!" Right? It's like that was Todd Graham. That was Todd Graham on the island there. Uh, all right. Well, look, the offense year one, Timmy Chang, they were 114th scoring offense in the nation. The rush offense was 85th. The pass offense was 98th, and total offense 103rd. I know Timmy Chang. Uh, Timmy Chang ran the air, uh, not the air raid, the uh, the run and shoot in college, and uh, he did coach under the air raid of Matt and Mummy, uh, S- how Mummy's son at at Nevada slash Colorado State for just a a couple weeks. Um, so the offense, considering what he walked into, 103rd. Obviously, you want to improve that. Uh, you look and, and and you try to forecast the way this team will look coming into the season this year. I, I'm actually a little more high on this team from than often, you know, 104th offense, just because of what I know they had to endure last year and the year prior, and know that you know they do return their quarterback, they do return schla- it's it's Schlager, right? The correct way to, to it say it,
1: Shager, is it
2: Shager, Shager? Shager. Yeah. I, I don't know, Goldschlager, I was Goldschlager. thinking, of, but
1: uh, wishful thinking.
2: Yes, I mean but uh, should we expect you think the offense to take that jump uh considering the fact that uh you know that that just the fact they have stability
0: at the quarterback position? What do you think, Patty C? That obviously helps especially in the run and shoot when you're that pass happy. Saw something about in one of these publications uh Dan Smooth Morrison, one of the uh quarterbacks coach who kind of has coached up a lot of these guys like Tua Tagovailoa, etc. um be in there now. I, I don't know if they had hired him prior to this year or if he's just coming in this year. But you know, you got a, a bunch of guys helping out with the quarterback position and and who know the run and shoot backwards and forwards. That's going to help.
2: Yeah, Ian Ian uh, their offensive coordinator Ian Shoemaker. This guy was at Eastern Washington previously, and Eastern Washington's offense could fly, could really fly. So I, I just think second year of that, we might have something going. I know you look at at, at the running back spot. Mm, they just have uh, uh, what's it? Tylen Hines is back for his sophomore season, but he was a freshman a year ago. He's penciled in as the starter. As far as the starting wideouts, two of three back. Jonah Pinoki and Jalen uh, Jalen w- Waffle are back at the wide receiver spots. They are breaking in a new tight end and Grayson Morgan. But here's the big thing, you know. I I think the offensive line, and that's what jumped out to me in September last year. The line of scrimmage, they were bad, especially in September. they, that's what I mean by the growth of the way the line played. Uh, You look at the, what they bring back. They're only bringing back two starters from a year ago, but I think they had an opportunity to go out and get depth. They got a Utah transfer that's projected to be a starter. Uh, Do you think the offense will be better just naturally in year two, knowing the crazy scenario that Chang walked into
0: in, in year one? I mean, yeah, you definitely have to figure that any, any system overhaul, I guess, I mean, Graham had run something a little bit similar he was a little bit past happy but still terminology and especially like you said the late start for Chang yeah uh uh, uh an entire off season that's not completely in in a state of flux yeah. is going to be helpful what do you what do you think Michael I think the offense I I, I expect this to be a top like they,
2: they, they will definitely be top 100 I know they were one what did I say 104 103 I expect them to be more so 70s 80s something like that this this upcoming year how about yourself
1: Yeah. You talked about that opening game at Vanderbilt and I was there and Shager was running for his life. Uh, He had no time. They couldn't get a third down conversion. They were outmatched. And I mean, you have an SEC team coming in there and you know what that's going to be, but it was, you know, I, I, the first uh, four, five games of the year, they went one and four, they were outscored 227 to 87. And their only win was 24, 14 over, an FCS team in the second half of the season. They still, they went two and five before their losses were within one score And Shager, who I think maybe had one 200 yard game in the first five had five straight games over 200 yards and average 229 yards a game, including one 300 yard pa- uh, passing game. So uh, something clicked later in the season. We also know that the run and shoot is going to, sacrifice a little bit of pass protection to cause chaos in the secondary with those short crossing routes so some of that is to be expected but you know as far as the litmus test are they going to hit the ground running perfectly in week 1 possibly but they already proved that they can uh, improve that offense and we saw it in the second half of last year
2: yeah and if you look at his, his previous coach was Jay Norvell that Tim, Timmy Chang coached with Jay Norvell he at Nevada struggled the first year took a big
0: jump the second year perhaps that can be the same. You know, another thing that I'm looking at that showed progression uh, like just from the course uh, over the course of year one was Tylen Hines, who was second in the nation in yards per rush at 7.6 throughout the first six uh, games of the season. He, he didn't have more than eight rushes. The second half of the season, he had nine or more uh, five out of seven times. And so maybe they figured out a way. Okay we got the passing element of the game down and it sounds like the running element came right, right around the same time. So maybe something clicked mid-season well, like,
2: and, and Timmy Chang came so late that higher didn't like a lot of times college football, you see the hires happening now in November and December. I wanted to, I, I don't recall. I don't have this information in front of me, but I believe it was like February or, yeah. or something when, when, when they hired Timmy Chang. So you're a little up against it. You're probably learning who you have a little bit. You get spring, but if you're that late, mm-hmm with through the season of like, Hey, this is our guy. So uh, there is that defensively uh, they got the second year DC, uh, Jacob Euro um, their, their defense, obviously, if you go back but this is another one, this is another example uh, that, that to me, they got a lot better. Now I know early in the year, you're getting two power, five schools a year ago, Vanderbilt and Michigan. So they're giving up 63 and 56. Okay. That's brutal. Western Kentucky also had like what, a top 10 offense. They went for this. They, they dropped 49 on you. But after that bye week Patty C they gave up 16 to San Diego state, who we know is a pretty talented team from, from a recruiting standpoint within the mountain West. Then uh, another 16 against Nevada, who was in their first, first year head coach, Ken Wilson there then 17 to, to the Colorado state Rams then 27 to Wyoming. And then, okay. Fresno dropped 55, but Jeff Tedford and Fresno were rolling, yeah. Uh, Jake Haners in the NFL, then they they give up what 41 to uh to Utah State, 25 to, to UNLV, and just 27 to San Jose State, who was a bowl team. My point is, is like okay, you can put you the, the Utah State game and the Fresno game, they gave up a lot of points, but other than that, they kind of did a great job on the back end of this schedule, you know, defensively from giving up points. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, let let me dive in. Definitely tightened up considerably. L- let me dive into the stats because they were 122nd in scoring defense, 125th in rush defense. I think that's what you got. You got to circle that right there. You got to circle that right there. Yeah. You can't be that bad at run defense and expect to win games. Uh, 65th in pass defense, but once again, I think that can be a little bit diluted because you know your rush defense is that bad. Why throw the ball? Yeah. 116th in total defense, but once again, I would say the same thing. I think they
0: made great strides. Having Michigan on the schedule probably uh, skewed that rushing defense stat pretty heavily too. True, Because Harbaugh loves to pound the rock. I ran for 500 yards on him.
2: Well, they returned nine starters on defense. This is, I think, a unit you can be if you if you follow the progression that I just alluded to in the second half of the season, and then the fact that they returned nine starters, and to me, the pieces they brought in on the defensive side of the ball: a couple Washington transfers, a Cal transfer. I think they're all going to pay off an ECU transfer. Uh, I think they're all going to be, you know, adding depth to this defense. Michael, do you think the defense should, uh, will take a big jump as well?
1: I think it should. Uh, You know, last year, uh, last in the Mountain West, 34.7 yards a game. Last in pass defense, 438 yards a game. Last in rushing, 213 yards a game. The opener, you talked about, 401 yards of uh, rushing for Vanderbilt. They did get better, but they also gave up 326 yards to Wyoming. And it's a, you know, it's a compounding problem. When your offense can't convert third downs, it puts the defense on the field more often. And when the defense is on the field more often, uh, they're giving up more points. And then later in the game, the team has the lead and they're going to run for more yards. So this is something where everything needs to tighten up. If they have one of the worst secondaries in in the Mountain West, why? Because they had a uh, couldn't get to the passer. And so all these things come together. So the combination of the the experience, the second year in the system, the transfers coming in and, you know, the improvement. I mean, San Diego State, they almost beat a field goal to lose in the last seven seconds of the game. So there's hope. They also uh, have Air Force back on the schedule this year. They haven't played him since 2019. Uh, Brad Roberts, the leading rusher in all of college football. So that will be a challenge. But uh, I think that, replenishing the roster, the transfer portal, a uh, second year in the system. And hopefully uh, you know, the offense was one of the worst as far as time of possession in the conference too. So if everything could improve together, they have a chance on defense to be a lot better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and look, I butchered these names. I, uh, my apolog- my apologies from the start. Uh, you know, um, our guy, welcome to UAB. Says he loves it when I'm oh, when the I'm, best, when uh, I'm doing the, best the Hawaii the whole BYU preview because I have a hard <laughs> time pronouncing these names. But uh, th- three or four back on the D line, led by uh, well, you got Andrew Choi and John Tuapulu I'm probably butchering that. Um, uh, the linebacking core. Look, I'm going to just go with the easy, the low hanging fruit here. Logan Taylor's one of two back uh, at the linebacking core, and don't uh, mention the other ones. Well, no, they're you just can hard Logan. to pronounce. <laughs> Isaiah Tuf- Tufaga. Uh, in the secondary, you're bringing back pretty much everybody, uh, and then the fact you add in uh, a Washington transfer and then uh, a a uh, a Wyoming transfer, as I alluded to. Um, in, in Cameron stone. So I, I do think the defense can jump. Now they do bring back their kicker who is also their punter in Matthew Shipley. Gotta love that. I've always wondered why teams don't do that more often.
0: Yeah. Why are why are the roster so spot?
2: You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but anyway, altogether, I expect this team to be in a much better shape just as a team from an offense to defense to in tune with what the coaches want going forward into this season so I'm much more optimistic we're gonna get to going game by game on the schedule but I'm much more optimistic about their success this year than opposed to last year of course what are you gonna say
0: well they got uh, here's a here's a here's a challenge for you here's a challenge for me uh pronunciation wise I don't know if you guys heard of this guy Eddie uh Osai Niketia, Niketia he's uh the fastest person in Australian history at the 100 meter dash 10.08 in the a uh, hundred meter dash. I think he broke his own, his own father's national record. Do we have any, uh uh, uh picked on D music for this Aussie? Oh, sure. Um, we certainly do. True freshman class of 2023 somehow managed to uh, you know, not be ranked by uh, 24/7 Sports zero stars, but here we have probably the fastest player in all of college football on Hawaii. Six foot five you, receiver. What? Six five running a 10.08 in the hundred. If this guy has any hands whatsoever, just send him on the fly route, and he could change the entire offense.
2: Dude, I, I'm always excited, honestly. I don't. I'm not doing this because it's a Hawaii episode. We don't just. I don't cater to every episode. Yeah. Like if we're if we're talking on t- like Texas, you know I hate Texas, right? Yeah. I love Hawaii. Got right? to. I you're love you're Hawaii. Not an American. Right? If you hate Hawaii, and and when you tell me something like that, so they're already must watch TV. But when you tell me something like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're circling this. We're watching it. We're, we're keying in on this every single weekend just to see yeah. this guy,
0: get I mean, him the ball. Apparently <laughs> he's like an all, all, all purpose player. So it could be at running back. It could be at uh wide out. I love it. I love Let's it. See this guy um, in action.
2: Look, we're going to go game by game on the schedule and project just how the rainbow warriors will do in, in 2023. So, uh, you know, buckle up folks and remember subscribe to the college football experience uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Uh, but before we get to go game by game, I want to tell you that the Hawaii rainbow warriors, 2023 season preview episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy best ball mania is here and underdog fantasy is away $15 million in prizes. <laughs> Yes. Underdog pickups is a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props, but also when college football season comes around. Uh, And if you listen to us in years previously, I've, I think the past two years, I've really highlighted this from Underdog Fantasy. They'll do a lot of cool little things, player props, stuff like that with, with certain players, uh, especially those and Tuesday, Wednesday games and stuff like that. So check it all out. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus. There is so many ways to win over at Underdog, and Underdog's available in so many different states. So that's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. We are back on the college football experience. And if you're watching on YouTube, like I said, youtube.com slash the college experience, that is our hub for all of our college experience things. So uh, we host the college baseball experience, the college basketball experience, the FCS college football experience, the regular college football experience. All right. That comes together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. If you're watching though, you see this sweet graphic Uh, shout out to our graphics guy, Cameron Kerr, uh, who made this graphic for us. and. What you see there is he has the win total on there from DraftKings at three and a half, three and a half. Patty C, wait a second. We know Hawaii gets to play thirteen games, right? Three, they won, they won three last year, and yeah. it was and and Timmy Chang had to inherit that mess, the disrespect. So blindly, is real. blindly. Before we dive into it, I love the over.
0: You, you have to,
2: yeah. Just believing in the culture, I would say that is is something that that stands out to me from the start. But and they don't have Michigan on the schedule. Do, do we add that? But uh, l- that let's, helps. let's get to it. Week zero. Yes. Week one for Hawaii occurs during week zero. It's all confusing. Look, August 26th in Nashville revenge perhaps. Cause they take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. I do like what Clark Lee is doing at Vanderbilt. I don't know if Hawaii is there yet because I've seen Clark Lee has t- taken the necessary steps. I feel like last year they kind of We finally saw that first like real big step as a program for, for, for his tenure in Nashville. So I would favor Vanderbilt here. I think the, the, I think I got to take Vanderbilt, but I think it's going to be a lot closer this year. What are you doing here?
0: I agree with you. I think he's getting Vanderbilt in the right place. They're number 60 nationally in the uh, conference composite or the uh, national composite talent rankings, and Hawaii's down under 100. So I think they're even though they are the the basement of the SEC, there's still a considerable talent gap. So I got to go Vanderbilt in Nashville. Long yeah. road trip too.
2: Michael, week zero. First off, wh- wh- with Michael, you got to ask these things. Will you be at this game, uh, M- Michael? Uh, will you be at this game? And if so, uh, wh- what do you who do you think wins this one?
1: So I planned on being there. However, Vanderbilt stadium is undergoing construction. Uh, it usually it's a horseshoe shape and they are knocking out the base of the horseshoe and remodeling it. And so I can't navigate the stadium that I, the way that I would like to. So unfortunately I will not be there. I was there last year when they played, uh, in Honolulu. So I saw it in person, uh, there, you know, Vanderbilt two years ago, they lost a home opener to East Tennessee State. Uh, things change, but that does give you some uh, inkling that, you know, maybe you can surprise people out the gate. But what I saw, I know that Hawaii improved over the second half of the season, but the talent gap from uh, August last year, week zero to this year, I don't think they've closed that gap. I think that uh, Vanderbilt has recruited Another year, Clark Lee is in the same, same year as Timmy Chang. So he's had the same ability to get talent in there. I, you know, 404 yards rushing 600 yards of offense. I don't see Hawaii coming out of uh, that game with a win, which is not unexpected. uh, But I, I, I see Vanderbilt being the clear favorite.
0: Yeah. A couple of years ago I wouldn't have thought that but Clark Lee he, seems Lee's to doing yeah. He's doing a good job.
1: He's yeah. doing a good job. They
0: they're 60 talent composite Hawaii 110 in talent composite. There's a huge gap there.
2: Yeah, and they started a freshman quarterback last year. He's back. He looked pretty good. Uh okay, but now I'm curious now a lot of times when you see them have to go to the East Coast, especially that far east, you normally give yourself a bye week. They don't. They come back to the island uh, at the chain complex for Stanford on Friday. September damn, they have a short week too. not only do they have that, they also have a short week, but uh, Stanford in this spot. And, and I circled this game. I circled this game because I think Stan- Stanford basically had a, has a, a tough scenario here. They bring in head coach, Troy Taylor, who I think is a good coach. He comes in from, from Sacramento state, took them to an undefeated regular season a year ago in the big sky. But a lot of the team left and that happens. That's the current state of college football. A lot of the team left. They said our coach that recruited is not there. They bounce. The problem is, is Stanford can't really take advantage of the transfer portal. Cause they don't put, they don't care about football, the academics. You can't get in and then they don't care about, they don't care for grad school. No, yeah. they're like, no, you're not getting in. So I do think Stanford is due. I, I actually believe this is a much more winnable game than Vanderbilt, especially cause it's on the island. It's in Troy Taylor's second game. It's a little bit of a change in philosophy, even though I, I know that they were, Stanford, like the past year or two was starting to pass a little bit more and be a little more finesse. This is a big change in philosophy. Uh, still from a defensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, I think this game, I circled this one as a, as one that I think is winnable for Hawaii. Are you gonna go there, Petty? See <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm I'm trying to talk myself into taking Hawaii here.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's tempting. You're right. All, all the things you're saying are, especially being early in the season, new system. I mean, I guess they had gotten kind of a little past happy. So maybe not that huge of a system change, but they,
2: they, they got questions at quarterback. They got huge questions at offensive line. I'm talking about Stanford. I don't uh, know
0: how much of Stanford's roster transferred away, but they were, they are 23 in the talent composite. They do have Emmett Smith's son
2: at running back. And I am concerned, but uh, <laughs> I am concerned about him running wild in Honolulu, but I'm going to go Stanford. But I, I'm telling you, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if they stole this one. Michael, what are you doing here on the island uh, for their, for, for their home opener?
1: Yeah, this is a good one to circle, uh, you know, Stanford three and nine last year lost their last five, giving up 39 points a game. You know, they beat Arizona state and Notre Dame, so they can go up and beat big teams. You talked about Troy Taylor, not only did he go undefeated last year, he went undefeated the year before. And then in 2019, cause SCS didn't play the 2020 he went seven to one. So the big sky conference is maybe the best conference besides the Missouri Valley and FCS in over a three year period. it went 23 and one. Hmm. So great coach, uh, hmm. local guy coming not that far to Palo Alto from Sacramento. So they have a lot of reason to be, uh, you know, excited about that hire, but Friday night opening game last year, uh Team complex on campus uh, had 9,000 seats this year. It's going to have 17,000 seats. They brought the scoreboard from Aloha stadium. They're putting it up there. Nice. Uh, I was there last year for the opener of Vanderbilt. The vibe is out of control uh, this. And then the last time they played a P five was 2019. It was the opener. They played Arizona. I was at that game and that's where they tackled Khalil Tate on the one yard line to win that. So my official prediction is Stanford. However, this is an extremely winnable game. And if you're going to catch somebody, this is the same scenario as catching Timmy Chang in his first year last year. Catch Troy Taylor in his first road game on a Friday night in a hostile environment.
0: First game, period. It could happen.
2: Uh, That just dawned on me too. Like when I said, oh, it's Stanford's second game. No, I'm sorry. It's Stanford's first game. And the fact Hawaii gets to go play a game. I think that's an advantage for any team. I've always said this. The team that plays week zero gets to figure out a little bit who they are. Massively important at the beginning of the season. Dude, I'm 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 calling it. This is it. This is it, man. This Ah, is it. After ah. they get the week zero game, the only thing that bothers me is the travel. I would have loved to have this been the game on the island against Vanderbilt week one and then stay on the island to get to get Stanford, but it is what it is. This could happen. Especially because Troy Taylor is a great coach, but if he's gonna, where would you want to get him? If you if you told Timmy Chang, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to play Troy Taylor and the Stanford Cardinal, you're obviously gonna say week, week one, one and right? You know
0: what? Stanford potentially somehow looking ahead to USC the following week on the road
2: rivalry game for the final time. That's a that's a that's a long rivalry, and they, obviously that's going away. Yeah. as USC joins the Big Ten, maybe yeah. they, maybe they'll get Hawaii to join the Big Ten too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, look, give me that upset special. Give me that upset like special. It. I'm buying it. Uh, week three for Hawaii. Actually this team plays in week zero also, and that is the great Danes of Albany. The, some have called for them to be a surprise team in the CAA this year. They have a very good quarterback in Reese Paulfenberger, uh, who, who just followed NC Nick on Twitter. And he let us know that. Uh, but, but uh, Reese Reese can play. This is a gigantic trip This is AJ. This has got to be the furthest trip in the in in the whole college football season, right? (laughs) Maine to uh, no, Albany to uh. Come on, dude. This is what is this? What is this flight time? What is (laughs) this this flight? I want to know. Uh, This is Hawaii's winning streak here. They're going to be two and zero at the Chin Complex Center. Bring your membership, Patty (laughs) C. Uh, What are you doing here? (laughs)
0: Uh, by the way, uh, Mike, I want to, I got to get the, uh, the lowdown on, uh, I don't know if we, we've recorded a segment for that or if we're just going to talk about that. No, later. We're going to talk about it after this. Okay. Yeah. yeah I want to hear about the chain yeah. complex, but uh, yeah, they're going to get the win here. Let's go. Uh, let's go. War- Rainbow warrior
2: two and what? one man, two and one Michael. What uh, I know, I know you got them. Uh, well, I guess Patty C so would have them one and two uh, my, uh, Michael potentially one and two for you. What do you got them doing against the great Danes?
1: Yeah. So they went three and eight last year. Uh, you know, you talked about uh and Barger 24 touchdowns, four interceptions, 3000 yards passing. So good stats. Uh, this is a big jump up. Uh, you know, there is some concern Hawaii played at FCS Duquesne 24 14 last year, but this is a Hawaii victory. So you can mark it down.
2: Let's go, let's go. And then unfortunately, <laughs> this is the one that's like <laughs> Michigan, man. Yeah. Uh, they head to Autzen stadium, Eugene, Oregon, one of the best places allegedly to catch a college football game. I haven't been Michael, is this one of the best places to catch a college football game?
1: This is because it's a environment that is very rare on the West coast, uh, hostile um, close quarters. It's a very deep bowl. So the crowd is right on top of you. It holds in the sound. And you know, there's a lot of coaches who've said, this is the loudest stadium they've seen it has under 60,000 seats, and you compare that with these SEC stadiums, you know, Big Ten, they got a hundred thousand. So intimidating, close to you, scary place. And they say it never rains in Austin either. But uh I've been wet a couple of times.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, look, I can't say this is the one that's gonna be gonna out get of hand. Worked. This is the one that's gonna be out of hand, yeah. but but Hey, I'm, I I do like the the fact that they're playing Oregon. I like the fact right there, yeah. you know, on the ocean
0: state of Oregon. I mean, really, this is probably this
2: counts as a border battle. <laughs> I know you love to say border I battles, right? Border this battle. one counts, yeah. right?
0: They're almost touching yeah. each other. There's no uh, land in between them. That's uh, this is kind of like a recruiting trip for Oregon. It's amazing how much all of these Western teams go into the islands and yeah. just Mine the talent out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Michael,
2: I, I mean any any chance you're taking Hawaii and Austin? No, I mean yeah. it's 56-10 yeah.
1: Michigan last year, two years ago, 44-10 UCLA, 45-27 Oregon State. Uh this is you know, Bo Nix coming back, Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh this is too too big of a bite to chew, but I do want to give a shout out to the Hawaii super fans, uh Wayne, Fusha people that I hang out with Ryan, people that I hang out with down there, they travel to every game and they went to uh, the big house in Ann Arbor and they sat there and took it all and walked out with a smile. And I know that they're going to be there in uh, Eugene for this game. So hopefully it goes better than we're expecting, but this is, looks like an L
2: <laughs> and shout out to them because that is, that's like the vibe of the college experience. I like to think is they're hitting the road games too. I, I think I'm already good friends with them, even though I have never met them. <laughs>
0: well, that's because be expensive I, I dig their as hell. style. Yeah. And, and Al, right. on that note, this is a this is a pay your bills kind of game for uh for Hawaii because it's gotta be expensive as hell to do all that travel. Well,
2: yeah, you go play the P five. Vanderbilt got that SEC money. Yeah, sometimes it's good to get that that check. Gotta pay um, pay the bills.
1: Hey, okay, one more shout out to uh Wayne Coito. You talked about super fans. He's been to over seventy straight Hawaii games, home and road. Woo! So uh, if we're not talking about, you know, you guys talked about the Fordham to Hawaii trip. I mean, Hawaii, in the course of a few years, they played a game in Australia. They played a game at UMass. And so he lives in California and has managed to make every home and road game uh, 70 straight. So shout out to Wayne.
2: Definitely! Shout out to Wayne. and Wayne. Wayne has plan. an open invite to come on this show yeah. at any time. Wayne has an open invite to come on this show at any time. Hit us up, Wayne, if you're interested. Uh, all right. Uh, the following week, you know, I, I'm a Jerry Kill guy, right? I, I locked up on our on our on our season lock total last season in August. I said New Mexico State on the over, and I told you I thought he could get to a bowl game. He got to a bowl game, and he won a bowl game against Bowling Green. Uh, I think Timmy. Ch- this is a winnable game because New Mexico State is still not there. But I do love the culture that Jerry Kill's instilled there in in Las Cruces. I am calling for New Mexico State to win a close one on the island, Patty. See what are you doing here?
0: You know, it's it's difficult because he he is doing a good job. They won by nineteen last year, uh. But that was in Las Cruces. I think uh, I think the Warriors are gonna get it done. All right. I like it. I, I think it's a
2: game. This is like a 27-24 game, man. This yeah, is go, one I'm gonna go. be watching. Uh Michael, New, the Aggies of New Mexico State coming all, all the
1: way to the island. What are you doing here? This is a tough one. Uh, you know, New Mexico won six out of their last or New Mexico State won six out of their last seven games. Uh, they should be three and one at this point. They got their quarterback, Diego Pavia, coming back. That he's a dual threat quarterback. You mentioned that they beat them last year in Cru- Las Cruces. The year before, uh, this is the third year they're face off. Uh, Hawaii beat them forty-one to twenty-one. So there's history there. I, uh, it's hard to extrapolate trends from the end of last year and just say that New Mexico going to hit state is going to hit the ground running again. Um, I'm going to have to take uh, oof. I'll say New Mexico Take your State, voice. unfortunately, oh. <laughs> and Look at um, them. just because I think that they have a more seasoned team. You talk about Jerry Kill, um, but this is another one that Hawaii could definitely win. Definitely, oh, so that, I'm sorry that, to disappoint, Patty C.
0: We can't blame <laughs> you for being a homer. You're being pretty. Uh, this isn't, pretty well, this isn't even
2: that a homer would be like. Oh, we're going to beat Oregon. Right. No, uh, but but I'm saying this is a winnable game. Very but, fair, but I I think New Mexico State's just a little bit ahead. They sure. both started at the same time. Timmy
0: Chang didn't start with a clean slate. Yeah, you don't have that Hawaii fever. Oh well, I got that. I got that fever
2: the very next week on Saturday, September 30th, when they go to that filthy stadium. Hey, UNLV, you ruin your home field advantage when you're not playing at Sam Boyd. You fucking idiots! All right, (laughs) Uh, look, you're at Allegiant Stadium. No, I can tell you right now. I don't care, Barry Odom. It could be Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow is probably bringing in
0: more. (laughs) (laughs) Barry Manilow might be performing (laughs) at the same time. You know, they have that little DJ booth over there. Oh man. I mean, I mean, this
2: this this is a win. They beat him last year. They beat him last year. They're going to beat him again, especially because it's September. When do you want to play first year coaches? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I like this. They're going to go into Allegiant and get the dub. UNLV's already had turmoil. They had Bobby Petrino. There as the OC for like a month. And then he leaves for the A and M job. Uh, so that was a
0: good coach though.
2: I don't think it's, I don't think it's there yet though. Yeah, uh, I'm sure ta- I'm taking Hawaii. No, one's going to be at this game. Yeah. Uh, you, you, who you taking, give me the, give me the warriors. All right, Michael, what are you doing here at, at Allegiant stadium?
1: So this is going to be a home game for Hawaii. Uh, They call Las Vegas the ninth island. Uh, They take over that stadium. It doesn't take much to take over that stadium. Uh, Very few people want to watch a a game in a Roomba vacuum. Um, You know, we're RIP, Viva La Sam all that. Uh, This is a game where Hawaii has, you know, the tailgate on that postage postage stamp that they have available for tailgating. That's going to be all Hawaii fans. And I believe it will be a Hawaii victory.
2: Let's go. So that puts me right now going into the bye week. Wait, do they have two bye weeks? No, they have one. Okay. Uh, that puts me now at I got him at three and three. So the the win total is at three and a half. Patty, see what do you have? Three and at? three. Three and three, and 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 Michael, you have them at three and three too, correct? Or two I got
1: and at two and four.
2: Two and four. Okay. Well, still, you're still in reach of the over once again, if we're paying attention to that. So, out of the bye week comes the San Diego State Aztecs. Are they in the Mountain West? Are they in college football? I don't know what's going on, but uh, they might be in the Pac-12 by the time this game uh, kicks. But uh, San Diego State's coming to the island. They almost lost last year uh, at the at the Snapdragon Stadium at the Snapper Patty C. But uh, trip to the island, San Diego State. San Diego State's in this interesting spot right now where I know the fans uh were kind of wanting Hoke to get fired, but he keeps winning enough <laughs> that it kind of puts you in like, hey, Purgatory. you yeah. just built a brand new stadium, but um I gotta still go San Diego State. But I don't I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Hawaii won this thing. So I got him at three and four. What are you doing here? You
0: know, I love the 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 Warrior matchup, Aztecs versus Rainbow Warriors. Uh, Third most played team all time since San Jose State and Fresno State. This should
2: be rivalry week. This should be yeah. Yeah.
0: This should be after Thanksgiving. They should play every year because San Jose State doesn't have a rival either.
2: So I'm saying you get Fresno because I think Fresno plays. Wait, it's
0: mainland paradise versus island paradise.
2: Yeah, let's make it happen, people. Fresno should play San Jose. They do,
0: and yeah, not this year. No, not this year. This year year,
2: Fresno gets San Diego State, which I get. It's
0: California. Typically they do, but yeah, uh, yeah, San Jose State Hawaii or uh, San Diego State Hawaii should be rivals every year, but San San Diego States ahead of them right now. So I'm, I'm going Aztecs
2: going Aztecs. Michael, what are you doing here?
1: This is a toss up uh, for all the reasons you guys are talking about the, maybe the best game they played that they didn't wait and win with last year was in San Diego. Uh, I watched their quarterback. Uh, was it Maiden in the Hawaii bowl? I mean, that guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in that <laughs> game. It was very inaccurate, uh, but they do have some advantages on the offensive defensive line. So this is a winnable game. You know, gun to your head prediction. Got to take San Diego State.
0: Yeah, Yeah. bring them both into the Pack Pack Twelve at the same time. Uh, I'm in, I'm in
1: buddy. Wow. All right. Well, I know the, th- the joke is, is that uh San Diego state declared their independence on the 4th of July. <laughs> you know, they just don't happen to have a place to go. So uh, <laughs> hopefully they find a home. I'm a San Diego boy, so hopefully they can do it. But um, what's that saying? Count your chickens before you hatch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, what's really going on there? It,
2: yeah. Well, look, I see, I see Saturday, October 21st and I, I see this is like uh, talk about being on the hot seat, former New Mexico Lobo player. Danny Gonzalez has been the coach of New Mexico. I think the writing's on the wall a little bit for this year. And, 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 you know, we've already speculated on this very show that Bronco Mendenhall could be the net cause he has ties to New Mexico. Uh, but the only thing is it's right on that cusp of cold weather. I, I, I was caught in a snowstorm in Albuquerque I think this very time, I think it was October 20th. Um, so it's potential to be really cold, but it also still could be really nice university stadium, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, Michael, you've been there. What uh, What's the fan experience like there is that, is that, a, is this a daunting? I know back in the nineties when Rocky long had this thing going, it seemed like it was a daunting place from TV's point of view, but now it seems like they haven't had a lot of success lately. Is this a tough place to go into?
1: It's not. It's a beautiful stadium. You know, I'm glad they changed the name. They got it back to University Stadium, so it sounds more like a college stadium. Uh, but it is. You know, they're not going to get high capacity. I have been there for the New Mexico Bowl, New Mexico Bowl game, which is mid December, and has a lot colder than the mid October. But I don't think it should be. I mean, they went two and ten last year, zero and eight in the Mountain West. Scored one fifty seven, gave up three twelve. Lost nine in a row to end the season. This should not be an intimidating environment.
0: Give me a win.
2: Give me a win. But you know what? I am concerned about on the schedule so far is the teams that I feel like they're really winnable games are on the road, like New Mexico, Nevada, and and even Wyoming um, and UNLV. Um, but this game, October twenty first.
0: By the way, yeah.
2: So. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It could uh, be, it could be cold.
0: Right? High, yeah. how, high in Albuquerque on average in October? Seventy two, low forty six. Uh, time of day might be a factor in this yeah. game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. What are you doing here, Patty? See, I'm going to Hawaii. I am too. So that's two put, and ten. Uh, that, well, that puts New Mexico me, last year.
2: That puts me on the over. I've already ca- I've cashed well, we, go, baby. Yeah. we still got a bunch of games left. Uh, uh, Michael, did did uh, you go your Rainbow Warriors to win here?
1: Yeah. I mean, for all those reasons, we talked about nine straight losses. I know we don't want to take carry over every trend, but I think Hawaii has more talent. And uh, by then I think the run and shoot should be much improved. So I will put, you can put me down for a number win. Number three, right there.
2: Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Now we got sh- the the reunion. She- Sheva Cordero, the starting quarterback of the San Jose state Spartans are coming into the chain complex center on October 28th. I'm kind of high on San Jose State this year. I feel like no one's talking about him. Everyone's talking Fresno, Boise. I even see some San Diego State, some Air Force talk. Everyone's forgot about Brent Brennan's squad. I think San Jose State might be all right. I got San Jose State winning on the island. Patty, see what are you doing here?
0: Uh, Seven Cordillero, uh, what, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions last year? He's a player, man. Yeah. Uh,. I don't know. I don't think they probably hold a ton of animosity toward him. So there's not that uh revenge on the mind. I think everyone <laughs> for No, Hawaii, it's revenge for cordillero. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It probably is revenge. For, I don't know. I just think San Jose state, like you said, Brent Brennan doing, doing a good job there. I think they get it done.
1: Michael, what are you doing here on the Island? All right. So this is going to be the first appearance of the fan hat showing up in the predictions. Uh You know, last year they played the season finale at San Jose State, lost 27-14. They've lost three straight games against San Jose State. It is an emotional game. Uh, You know, I think that if the things hadn't transpired with Todd Graham, I don't think Shevin had any intention of leaving. But by doing so, he set the dominoes in place to get to the spot that we're at right now. And I think the game is emotional, but they didn't have the bullets last year to compete. So, Let's say they win October 21st at New Mexico. They come home with momentum, bigger talent, and uh, want to – assert themselves. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to take San Jose or t- take Hawaii over San Jose state.
2: Ooh, hoo, wow. hoo, I like it. There this is it like is. my Stanford play, man. You got to have a couple upsets there. Uh, I like it. I can see it a little sleep at the wheel for, for San Jose state. But uh, okay. The next game, see the next game is another one I hesitate on because I truly believe Hawaii is I honestly believe Hawaii is
0: a lot better than Nevada. The superior team here. I think they have a better roster right now. Nevada two and ten last but year. the
2: only thing that scares me is November fourth in Reno. I've seen snow in this stadium too. I'm still going Hawaii, but if if it snows, both these teams run. I mean the run and shoot and the air raid. If it snows, I don't know who to give the. I guess you'd give it to Nevada because they practice in the cold. But I just I'm not very high on Nevada. Nevada and sucks. Yeah, I'm sure. And and you learned that last year. You took the over. Wait, did I? You took the over on the Wolf Pack.
0: Wait, it was Colorado State. That was that was our beef. Yeah, yeah. Colorado State, Nevada, and they both sucked ass. Yeah. Uh, But Nevada, uh, uh, Michael, I'm sure you got some stats you want to rattle off here about this
1: Nevada team. So this game, uh, you know, you talked about their record last year. Uh, Hawaii beat them 31-16 at home it was, you talked about the, the Heinz picking up the running game in the second half of the season, they ran for 223 yards in that game. So that running game was not there for the first half of the season. So that's one where it showed balance. And they also held Hawaii to three of third or Nevada to three of 13 on third down. So good defense, hold the ball with a a dominant running game. It's the opposite formula that they employed for much of the first half of the season. So um, I've been to Nevada uh, they, it's a little bit of a hostile crowd, but you know, maybe if they're two and 10 last year, you don't know how much of a presence they're going to have at the game it, by that time of the season. So I'm going to go Hawaii taking this one. Uh, I think it could be a very fo- close game, uh, but I'll pick Hawaii.
0: Nevada losers of 10 straight games. You know, there you go. Well, I, they, they are not getting it done there. Things so are it, going wrong in Reno. That puts me at five wins for Hawaii five
2: wins. Now the only problem is, is air force is coming to the island and Troy Calhoun, I think one of the most underrated coaches in America. Unfortunately though, the NCAA has this stupid rule where they're getting rid of cut blocks. So you might see air force out of the gun a little bit more, which is disgusting. And they should reverse that rule. And I will hammer this home until the cows come home. Patty C, Yeah, but I got to take air force. I think air force is underrated. I mean, they were like 17 points away from an undefeated yeah. season air eight, force like, is a year awesome.
0: ago. Uh, so I'm going to take the Falcons on the island. What are you doing here? This is your classic run the ball versus pass the ball kind of uh game contrast style styles, make matchups. By the way, you said uh, you got Hawaii at five. Yeah. Right. I said, Stanford, Albany, UNLV, <sighs> New Mexico, Nevada. Well, buddy, let me tell you what take last year away the previous four years. That had at least five wins, and that includes a nine-game uh, schedule in 2020. They still were five and four. This team is a bowl team as a, as a habit, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's not that uh, we, they should be coming back here. Uh, yeah, I'm going Hawaii to win this one. Uh, what? What? Against Troy Calhoun? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Oh,
2: Okay, I was a bit surprised I'm, there. i Okay, I'm, I'm okay. still thinking
0: about Nevada. No, Air, Air Force will smack them. Air
1: okay. Force, Air Force will smack
2: them. Okay, My, uh, Michael, what are you doing here uh, with with Troy Calhoun coming to the Chin Complex Center?
1: So there's not much recent history between these teams. They haven't played since 2019. Uh, the last time we saw Air Force play, they played in the Armed Forces Bowl against Baylor, and it was one of the coldest bowl games. Uh, They've had history and they absolutely pounded Baylor into the ground. They won 30, 15, you know, Brad Roberts led the nation in rushing 1728 yards Uh, air force led the, the like, you know, we're not surprised, but they led the nation in rushing 326 yards per game. This, you know, styles make matches with Patty C stay. This is a tough one. And if you have any weaknesses in your defensive line, if you can't keep your offense on the field, this is one where you're going to pay for it. So, Uh, you know, I have them on a three game winning streak to this point, I'm going to take air force. I think that, uh, I've seen them do it to a lot of teams and I think they can do the same thing here.
2: Air force had the number one defense in the nation last year. A lot of people don't realize they think Georgia, Georgia was top 10, but air force number one in the nation, uh, the very next week. this one will be cold. Uh, November, November 18th war Memorial stadium. Um, I plan to go to the stadium this year, Michael, uh, what's the home environment like there? This, this seems like one that's going to be cold as hell, uh, November 18th at,
1: at war Memorial. So two things you talked about Hawaii seeming like this mystical place. Well, you know, the elevation in Laramie is 7,220 feet and you're reminded of it because it's printed on the field at the stadium. And, you know, you fly into Denver airport, it's about two and a half hours North and it is cold. And I've been there, actually, for this. You know, I told you about this uh, on one of our preview episodes. I was there in 2020. It was a Friday night game versus Hawaii. They beat Hawaii, but I had to leave in the third quarter because I had a 10-hour drive to Kansas for <laughs> an 11 a.m. kickoff, and I made a 10-hour drive and a 12-hour window to get there. <laughs> I left. The game was in hand. Wyoming won, but it is... It is intimidating. It's isolated. It's cold. And, you know, we, we know we hear about like the Denver Nuggets and the NBA. It's hard to win road games up there because you have to adapt to the environment. Well, imagine getting dropped off there on Thursday night or Friday morning and having less than 24 to 48 mm-hmm. hours to prepare. So it's a tough one. Uh, I personally think that this is a Wyoming win and I would say that they're playing App State at home this year, and I expect them to win that game too. So there's no shame of losing at they call uh, they call it the War
2: at the War. Patty C, any chance oh, you're yeah. taking oh, uh,
0: Hawaii? I hate to say it, you guys are going to have the old bleeding lungs uh, syndrome uh, when you go up to that seven thousand foot elevation. Although I think uh, Hawaii's got some uh, mountains too over there, so maybe it won't be as bad as we think. But still, cold. High altitude. Give me, give me the Cowboys.
2: Yeah. Okay. And then that puts us at our final game. Now this could be huge because if you're trying to make a bowl game, this is it right here. In a way, Uh, Colorado State. Jay Norvell, their offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, Matt Mummy. I I just saw that uh, via his Twitter. Like I said, how Mummy's been on the show before. Great guy. And uh, so we're excited to to cover Matt Mummy, and you know Matt Mummy. Is good friends with Timmy Chang. He was just out there. I saw Matt Mummy tweet this out that he was with Timmy Chang, uh, family vacation. They, they used to be on the same staff at Nevada and Colorado State together. So this is one where they're going to know each other. Norvell, Mummy against Chang. They know what they want to do. Last season, this was a, a quite the game as it came down to you know the, the final couple minutes of the game where you know I think Colorado State uh, uh, escaped with a 17-13 win. This one's on the island. Give me an upset, Patty C. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. I'm on the over anyway. Boom. Let's go bowling. Patty C, what are you doing here?
0: Baby, we're bowling again. I'm with you. Look, this was a close game and and uh Colorado State did get better over the course of the season for sure, which you would expect for a first-year coach. But I still think uh, Hawaii with that home field advantage, it's going to be a, a good enough to, I'm going to close one entertaining end of the season,
2: Colorado state brought in like a lot of guys from North Dakota state in the portal slash, and also a coach. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about this one, but I think, I think it's winnable. Michael, what are you doing here?
1: So I have right now, I have them at five wins and you know, to be a bowl team, you have to be over 500. So they have to be seven and six. So even if I pick this one for Colorado state, I still have them at six and seven. I will say this, that if they go seven and six, most likely they will play at the Hawaii bowl, which is a home game for them on Christmas Eve. I have been there for a previous one. They were not featured. So from a traveling perspective, if Hawaii could get to seven and six and you know, you get an opportunity to spend Christmas Eve on Oahu rooting for Hawaii in a bowl game, that would be great. (laughs) Uh, as far as this game, you know, Is Colorado State gonna go on their offseason one week early with a tropical vacation to the islands? Uh they played a tough game last year. Like you said, 17-13. Hawaii was up at the half, 13-3. Colorado State outscored Hawaii 14 0 in the second half. Uh they only ran for 48 yards Hawaii in that game and just had the ball for 24 minutes. So to keep that game that close, it was it was quite an accomplishment. I'm going to pick uh, Hawaii to win this one, and I would have them at six wins for the year. Six
2: wins, that's right. The 13th game, so (laughs) they need seven. Maybe
1: they get the excuse, though. They're
2: always trying to get extra teams for these bowl games. Yeah, ESPN, come on. Uh, Look, uh, so I'm on the over. Patty C is on the over. Michael Barker, AKA College Football Campus Tour, is on the over. And uh, folks, uh, look. We're all on the over, get over there, bet this thing. Um, Look, before we get out of here, my, uh, if you've listened to any of our other previews, Michael, uh, you know, has been to every single college football stadium in the FBS. He's been to most of the FCS. He's been to a lot of D two D three games. I'm telling you his Twitter page is one of these things. You just must follow. If you're a football fan, if you're a college football fan, it's just a must follow. But uh, so normally if you listen to those other previews, I would normally cut to an interview right now with Michael, where he would explain you know, uh, the stadium, what, what he likes about it, his, his personal experiences from there, the history behind it. So Michael uh, th- you're on this episode. So we just <laughs> go right into this. Let's go yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Ching complex center. Obviously this is not there. This is kind of a rental, right? This is like, this is, this is like uh and I haven't been there. Maybe it's still beautiful, but this is like when you're, you're, you're traveling and you could just get whatever, whatever you can. while while the dreams are being built, right? <laughs>
1: So this, you could ask 100 people in Hawaii the solution to the stadium issue, and you're going to get 100 different answers. This is one of the most complicated issues you'll ever hear. But, you know, they played in Aloha Stadium for 47 years. Uh, It, You know, the the previous stadium, Honolulu Stadium, they called it the Termite Palace. It was made of wood. Uh, My dad played a game there uh, when he was in his college career. When they got rid of that, they got Aloha Stadium 47 years uh, it got condemned because of Rust. So now they call it the Rust Palace. They just had the farewell ceremony in February. I went to that. And so this stadium, Ching Complex, it was never intended to be a football home stadium. Uh, but there is no stadium in the state of, on the island of Oahu that's uh, FBS capacity, 15,000 minimum. So they have changed it. It was built in 2015 with 4,000 seats as a track stadium and home to women's soccer. Last year, they got it up to 9,000, and this year, they're getting it up to 17,000. They're going to cover up the track and move it somewhere else. Uh, beautiful field turf, field surface, and you know the, the, the downside is there's not that many bathrooms. The concessions are lacking, but as far as the difference between it and Aloha Stadium, it is right smack in the middle of campus. You could stand on the top of the bleachers. You could see the baseball field, the softball field, the tennis courts. Uh, the beach volleyball course, everything is right there. So this is, you get trapped in the in the campus and it's a tremendous uh, location for Hawaii. The downside is there's no tailgating. There's no room for that. So yes, in a sense, it's a temporary stadium. Uh, they are getting it up to 17,000 when they have home games there, they get to keep all the money from concessions. So there's a lot there. Uh, the plan for new Aloha Stadium is to open in 2028. So, yes, a temporary stadium, but it's going to be their home for the
2: next 4 or 5 seasons. Damn, 4 or 5 seasons. Look, Aloha Stadium the and that's cool you went to the uh the final ceremony there at, at Aloha Stadium cuz it I mean, how many how many Legendary. obviously the the times I talked about whether it was Dick Tomey and Paul Johnson or June Jones and and Rolovich uh just a lot of winning there, but you also had it as the Pro Bowl. Uh, I'm curious off the top of my head to know if that's where the the Hawaiian uh, WFL team in the seventies probably played there. Uh, I I'm talking out of my ass a little bit. I don't know for sure if they played there, but I would think that perhaps they played there. Um, It sucks that they didn't renovate that, but uh, where are they going to build it? They're going to build it right there next to it or something or what?
1: So the the Aloha is scheduled for uh, demolition later this year. This plan has taken a long time. I mean. Usually if you condemn a stadium in 2019, you don't have the next stadium up and running by 2028. So there's been a lot of hurdles. Like we talked about earlier, COVID really impacted them, but uh, the governor, the previous governor uh, earmarked $400 million for the project. Uh, So it will happen. It's going to be right on the same spot. So, you know, you talk about the, the, the lore and the mystique of Aloha stadium. It could be Uh, it was one of the first stadiums that mechanically could be configured into baseball it was almost like a transformer stadium you know they even had a preseason game a few years ago with dallas cowboys and the rams and they sold that thing out you can go on youtube and you can watch old broadcasts and there's just always paper on the field flying you know the colt brennan magic the timmy chang thing so you know going there for the closing ceremony I got there at noon. I got to stay there for eight hours, and I've never stayed in the stadium for eight hours. You think you would run out of things to do, but uh, you couldn't go on the, f- the the stands, obviously, because of the the rust and the condemnation. But being there around some of the legends, you know, Justin Sapolo there, a lot of great guys. You just really and Timmy Chang brought the team in there, and they did one final run through the stadium. So um, sad to say goodbye to such a great place, but the combination of getting the one on campus up and running. And now having a pretty solid plan to get new Aloha Stadium in there by 2028 is encouraging. And, you know, from a personal perspective, I'm not going to travel to games forever. And I've joked that the opener at new Aloha in 2028 is going to be my retirement game. So, you know, not from being done going to college football games, because I plan to do that hopefully for as long as possible. But doing the 60, 70 games a year, uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll reach my goal to see a game at all 261 D1 stadiums by then. And we could have a nice little retirement ceremony to open new Aloha Stadium. There I we mean. go.
2: Wouldn't that be fantastic, folks? That's why you should give Michael Barker a follow. Once again, uh, at CFB Campus Tour, the guy goes to what he said uh, instead of going to 60, 70 games a year, what? Yes. That's why you should be following him at <laughs> CFB campus tour That is incredible. And uh, his page is incredible. And yes, folks, we cannot wait for that stadium to be built. We love to me co- part of what makes college football great. And this is what drives me crazy. When people talk about, Oh, there's going to be a separation between the power of five and the group of five, right? Well, uh, hopefully that a, that hopefully that never happens. But to me, I want to be, I'm going to be supporting. The thing that has Hawaii football because Whatever it's magical. At, it's yeah. magical to me. It's fantastic. And I'm on the over Patty C's on the over Michael Barker's on the over and we're rooting for one Timmy Chang to resurrect this great program. Uh, folks subscribe to the college football experience. Uh, YouTube.com slash the college experience. You'll get access to all of our stuff. If you're a Hawaii basketball fan, Hawaii baseball fan, we got you covered. Hop on over there. Or if you love FCS college football, hop on over there. You're going to have it. we all of our, all of our podcasts though. We're also on a solo feed, wherever podcasts can be found, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Subscribe over there. Uh, we are on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Patty C is on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D and remember Michael Barker is on Twitter and, and this is the like, who gives a shit about my page? My page is just me. <laughs> Just hey, yeah, uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- the real page you want to follow is at CFB Campus Tour. Uh, Michael Barker's page. So do that. You will you will be impressed. I guarantee you that, folks. This is the college football experience, Hawaii Rainbow Warrior style. Oh, oh. Cannot wait for the season. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here.